0: Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Brother Justin. Wonderful job. I appreciate it as always. Hallelujah. Open up your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 4. Remember, this is uh, one of our verses uh, that the Lord gave us for our new year to be able to cast the vision that God would have you and I to participate in His plan for 2021. And so, uh, we'll see how this goes, hopefully full circle. You know, I want you to know that we're seeing so many strange things happening. This is a strange time that we're living in. And uh, uh, that's why the Lord wants His church to come back to the position of influence. You and I, we've got to be an influencer because... uh, Let me ask you this question. What is normal? If I asked you that question today... And then we could go back in time to to say, like you was a teenager, and I asked you that question, you'd have two different answers. I, I was thinking on the on the uh, Friday on the eighth, uh, my great grandpa Ben, he would have he turned he would have been hundred and twenty one years old if he was still uh, here on earth, and and so I, I was thinking about that. If if we took him. He was born in 1900, and if we took him and we placed him in the middle of America today, he would freak out. So, here's the plan of the devil, okay? I know you know this, but I'm just laying this forward for people who might be listening uh, in in some other means that may not know or might not have considered it. See, you and I, we live in, in, in the culture here in the Bible Belt, and to a great large extent, we've been protected. But culture is, is 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 it's your custom it's it's the way that you do things you know we do things different than they do up north right uh, and and the, And here in America, we do things different than they do in other parts of the country. but uh, I, I want you to see the only way you can change culture is changing behavior behavior and, and so what the devil has systematically done in my lifetime and in your lifetime he is. Modified the behavior of what's acceptable and what's not. What's normal and what's abnormal. And, and, and he's done that and he's, he, he's made the church feel like that we don't need to be a part of the political process, that we don't need to uh, stand out. Jesus called you to stand out. He called you to be an influencer. And, and so the scientists, sociologists have have studied and they said that Even the most introverted person in the world, in their lifetime, if you live to be an average of 70 years of age, influenced 10,000 people. That's to an introverted person. Can you imagine what an extrovert can do? All right. And that's just in the world. But you're in Jesus. So you have the light, the love. You have the Lord to empower you to influence people. So that's why we're, what we're going to be talking about this morning, how uh, you can make a, a, a tremendous difference. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 12. I'm going to read the end of the chapter, but remember verse 12 is our verse of the year, along with Matthew chapter 5, uh, 14, 15, to 16. If you're there, say, Amen. First Timothy 4 and 12. Let no man, don't let anybody, despise thy youth. Come on, we're the youngest church in the city. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example. Be you a, a die that is struck. Of the believers. Now we talked about this last week, in word, in word. This morning we're going to talk about in conversation. Be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things, giving thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting, thy progress, may appear, may be a shining light. Come on, Matthew chapter 5. A shining light to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. And them that hear thee. Oh, hallelujah. Brother Donnie, would you pray? Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. Thank you, Brother Donnie. Glory. So, the, he, the Apostle Paul gave the uh, uh, the evangelist who would move forward to becoming a pastor and have a great impact uh, because he didn't give in to the spirit of fear. But he come to the spirit of power and love and a sound mind. And he, and he made a tremendous impact. He influenced his whole generation Because he followed Paul as Paul followed. And that's what you and I are doing. We're we're following this Bible. And and this Bible is Jesus. Amen. So uh, he said in these six things I want you to be an example. I want you to know that you're as a die struck. And uh, and as we said last week just in review. um, In case you didn't hear it. This example two posts. This die as struck. uh, It is... As if it's already been cast. So in other words, when you got born again, uh, it was uh, cast into your life. You you became shaped and molded in the ability, number one in word, but as we're talking about this morning, number two in conversation. Uh, This word conversation is a Greek word, uh, anastephe, which means conduct, behavior. So uh, it's always translated conversation in the King James I don't know why, but anyway, we're talking about your behavior, not your speech, not your speech, but the way that you conduct everyday life. He said, I want you to know that Christ has put a a mold in you, upon you. He has shaped you. Uh, Isaiah 64, 8, you are the clay. He's the potter. He's your father. He's your God, but he's your potter. So he has shaped you and molded you and made you an example in behavior. And that behavior uh, has an influence. Because, see, the, the church needs to stand up and be noticed. We've gotten in a deal where we've let the devil convince us that we uh, uh, shouldn't bring condemnation to people, and we shouldn't. But they think that we bring condemnation when we just stand for light. That's not bringing condemnation. There's a big difference between jumping on somebody because uh, they are in a sin or because they don't have a knowledge. Of the deliverance from that sin. Than standing for what you know to be true. And when you stand for what you know to be true. Because of the conviction of the Holy Spirit in your life. You become an influencer. You become uh, that very dye. That shape. That mold that is uh, in and upon your life. It goes forth in and upon those around you. And that's what's happened. Uh, We've been quiet. When when they said we want to take prayer out of school. we, we, We were quiet. When they said they were going to uh start killing babies we were quiet and 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 now we're to the point where they're going to start killing old people and it's getting closer to home every day of my life come on now uh god is a god of love a god of life and we've got to see that the devil works very subtly uh to to change times and seasons he he, he wants to change Uh, The way people look at things and the way they understand things. And so God has gave us a great opportunity. Uh, He could have judged America. He did not do it. He gave us grace. Why did he give us grace? Because we have been uh, the great instigator, the great uh, provider of the gospel. Come on, and what the seeds that we have sown, we have never even touched them. Come on now, there is a harvest that is waiting for the United States of America because of the seeds that has been sold overseas that has brought people to Jesus Christ. And so anybody that says that we're going to go down, that we're going to fall by the wayside, you stand up and say, no, I'm serving the God of grace. I have a destiny. United States of America has a place. We have a job to do and we're going to do it. Amen. And we're going to stand strong. So in this example of the believer uh, in in conversation, I want us to to see, first of all, the negative, and we're going to turn to the positive, okay? So let's go to Genesis chapter 6. And while you're going there, Brother Ryan, first, would you put Matthew 24, 37? Matthew 24, 37. Look what, out of the mouth of Jesus, look what he says. You know the verse very well. But as in the days of Noah, or Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Amen? Alright, so Jesus gave us a warning. And, and He said that when you see what was happening in the beginning, you know that you're close to the end. Alright? You say, well, then why do I need to be influencing if the end is going to come? Because you're going to cause somebody to be delivered from hell. You're going to bring somebody out of sin and bring them to a Savior. You're going to bring somebody out of hatred and cause them to be filled with love. Amen. Oh, we have a responsibility and an opportunity to do great and wonderful things because Jesus is in us, he's upon us, and he's ordained us. Amen. All right. Notice Genesis 6 and 1. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them. Now, so uh, when, when multiplication of, of the population started, that's when things started happening. Uh, so let's think about it. We're at almost 8 billion people on the planet right now. So would you say that men are multiplying upon the face of the earth as in the days of Noah? So we need to pay attention, right? All right, so let's, let's hold that in our heart. He said that the sons of God, uh, better translated the, the the fallen angels, okay of, of of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them uh, wives, which were all that all that they chose. Now, in Genesis nineteen fourteen, this same Hebrew word is translated wives, in, in the sense of marriage. Okay, they married them. All right, so. We see perversion. In other words, a perversion of God's plan, of God's will. And, and uh, they had a, had a parade in 2019. That's one good thing the pandemic did. It stopped this. But they didn't get to have it in 2020. They had a, a parade in San Francisco where a half a million people gathered together to celebrate every sexual fetish that exists. Does that sound like perversion? As in the days of, all right, so we're, we're seeing the time frame. So what, what I'm saying is you and I, we've got to be in the place where we, this is our opportunity. When darkness is trying to prevail, light shines brighter. So a lot of people, they, they, they left the devil and I was one of them and I repented and, I, and, 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 I, and I, I run from that. Now, I was one of the people who's looked and said, well, if a person is in that much darkness, how can I help them? But the darker the situation, come on, the brighter the light that is in you and I, amen? Hallelujah, that's the truth. All right, verse number three. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be numbered a hundred and twenty years. So let's think about that just for a minute. We won't, we won't dive into it, do too deep, because we don't... There may be people listening who will not understand. but So we're talking about a 120-year generation. So we need to apply some things to our heart and, and, and allow the, the Word of God to set a time frame for us. Now, no man knoweth the day or the hour of the return of the Lord, only the Father, right, out of the mouth of Jesus. But this gives us a time frame if you want to put... Uh, Put in the sense of, of, of saying, hey, I need to be alert. I need to be awakened. I need to see some things. Verse number four. There were giants in the earth in those days. Now, why were there giants? God created everything, remember? And he looked after he put uh, Adam and Eve together. And it went from being good to very good. But all of a sudden, some kind of distortion, some kind of perversion, some kind of twisting has took place. Because of what happened in, in verse number 2. There were giants in the earth in those days and also after that. As in the days of giants in the earth. Now, Satan is the most subtle beast of the field, right? Genesis 3. And so, uh, when he works something, uh, being a deceiver and a deceptor, he, can, he has a plan that... No, pardon me. God has the plan. He has the plot. But he has to take and he has to twist the plot to make it seem different ways. So uh, the devil comes in different avenues and forms, and because he come looking one way one time, he may come looking another way another time. All right. So there were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that. And the sons of when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, and the same become mighty men, which were of old. And when God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every thought or every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now, let's think about this just for a second. Now, when God looked at Adam and Eve in the garden, and he said it's very good. Now, here we are. You you can count it up yourself. We're Less than 2,000 years to this point. That's 20 year generation. That would be about 10 generations. See how things can change so quickly. Everything went from being very good to now man's heart is on, the imagination is on, their thought is on evil continually. So. What happened? See men got taught they got taught something that they didn 't know. See when they partook of the, uh, of, of the tree that was in the midst of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, God said that all of a sudden they were their senses were opened, and they knew they were All right, so so I want you to see what they knew at that moment of sin. And I want you to go forward now less than 2,000 years and see how the influence grew and grew and grew. How deception grew, grew and grew. How uh, pulling away from God's word, God's plan, God's best, how it become the new norm. Now when you and I were children, if you turned on network television, I remember watching John Wayne. I love John Wayne Westerns. Uh, but they had some cussing in them. But when they when they played that John Wayne movie, the cuss word was bleeped out. You remember? Come on, you I'm not that old. Uh, that cuss word was bleeped out. All right. Today, they don't worry about bleeping out anything, and we've got more and more uh, vulgarity than I can even imagine. Yes, that's right, Brother Donnie. They're pushing it because they want to influence us. They want us to make us think. You realize what they're doing? Why did they make the movie Fifty Shades of Grey? Why did they make that? They want you to think that is normal. I've not seen the movie. I've not read the book. I, I, but I, I want you to know. They want you to think that the perversion, the sin that is in that is normal. Everybody's doing this. Everybody's doing that. You say, boy, you're picking. No, I'm not. We're talking about being an influence to people. We're talking about not getting on to them about what they're doing, but showing them there's a better way. Thank God that Jesus showed me there was a better way. Aren't you glad this morning that Jesus showed you there was something more than what the flesh was wanting? There was something more than the lie of the enemy. There was a hope. There was a confidence. There was a joy in this life, but an expectancy for eternal life. Amen? Influencer. Okay. So, we see where we're at and we see what the devil has done. He's continually changed normal. Now. um, there are certain sins today that uh, used to be shunned; they used to be kept down, but now they're embraced. And, and and we're not going to get on all that, but I just want to say this one thing: some of those sins they were written up in the psychiatric books as being a mental disorder. Now that has been scrubbed and done away with because they don't want people to even consider that. They want people to consider that everything's fine. You you can't help the way you are. Well, I made a lot of bad choices. And in everything I did, I had a choice. Sometimes I didn't choose wisely. Come on now. And, and I take responsibility because with responsibility comes the answer of hope to be able to come out of it. Because if I can choose unwisely, I can choose wisely by the Lord. Amen? I can can have hope. All right. All right. So, verse number six. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. This is what the devil loves. The devil loves to cause God heartache. Because, see, why did it grieve God? God loves you so much. He loves his children so much. He wants the best for you. He wants the best for all of his children. And, and when the enemy comes in and feeds them these lies and influences them to accept something that is uh, illegitimate. It tears everything up. Alright. Verse 7. And the Lord said, I will destroy. The, I, I love, from the Hebrew, I will erase. I will erase man whom I've created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I made them. Now, God's a good God. So when you read this, don't read over this. Don't read this. You're not a child. Understand what the devil has done with all of creation. Understand what's being done by scientists with creation today. History is repeating itself. The DNA that God designed that was good and perfect is being shifted, manipulated. It's being perverted by the devil and his system in the name of science. We've got to influence people. Amen. The only way you can influence people is you've got to let the Lord show you some things. And we don't just blindly get up and live our lives. We, we recognize that we have the ability to know truth. And when you know truth, you have the responsibility to share it. Alright, so God was said, I'm, I'm going to destroy all of this. But look what happens. Verse number 8. But Noah found grace. He come to... He he acquired grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. Okay, so the only way we can understand that is, we've got to see that when Noah, in his family line, there was none of the perversion in his genealogy. His line was pure. The, The word generation here is his pedicure. His pedigree, pardon me, his pedicure a uh, pedigree of, uh, of 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 being clipped and cut and, and protected by the Lord his whole life, and he married why look at everybody else that got married when and I, they found a wife look at their ages noah he had to he was five hundred years old before he found a wife. why it took him that long to find one that had not been corrupted but when he did god blessed them and he found grace and then all of his generations that's why he went to the ark and he took the 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 fowls and the and and the animals with him that had not been corrupted and god started all over again there's going to be a sounding of the trumpet god's going to start all over again Amen. It's going to be perfect. It's going to be the Garden of Eden all over again. Amen. God will have what he wanted. So, so, in other words, the first point I want you to see is that the devil is working to bring change. Change. And so you're called to be like a Noah. You're, you're, you're called to look at what hasn't been tainted and you choose that. You choose what is good. You operate in that. You live in that. And you hear the Word of God and you do what God would have you to do even though the whole world may be standing against you. You do what God would have you to do in other words, because you're giving a warning. You're you're standing strong. You're being like Peter talks about. You're telling people that there's going to be a fiery judgment coming on the earth. Well, it's never happened before. That's what they told Noah. Rain... It had never rained before. Why would we need an ark? But Jesus is that ark, a man of the last days. And that ark is His, him being the truth. All right. So he wants to bring change. But you and I are in grace. And because we're in grace, we need to see that, that we need to bring some things into the ark. We need to bring some people, in other words, into the ark. We need to do what God would have us to do. Where they can be delivered. They can be saved. So the devil wants to change society and he wants to make people think that this is all right and that's all right, but you and I, we're not preaching against anybody. We're not talking against anybody. We're just walking, towing the line in the love of the Lord. Amen? People, you don't have to say anything. When you choose to be different, they notice. Amen? They notice, they're looking at your life, they're watching you. And so, uh, you know, a lot of times the devil will say, well, you don't know what to say. You don't have to say a word because we're not talking about speech today. We're talking about conversation. We're talking about conduct. We're talking about just living your life. Every day of your life is a witness, is a testimony of the power and the goodness of God. Amen. And how did that come to pass? Because you were changed. The devil wants to change, but you were truly changed changed. Galatians chapter 1, brother uh, Ryan. Look at the example of the Apostle Paul and uh, allow that to come into your heart, my heart. Uh, Galatians 1.13. Galatians 1.13. For you have heard of my conversation, my behavior, my conduct, my mode of life. That's the word we're looking at. For you have heard of my conversation in times past in the Jews' religion. Aren't you glad that you're not having to go by religion anymore? You you say, well, I, I was a heathen. I didn't have no religion. You had a world religion. I had a world religion. We had the spirit of Antichrist religion the spirit of antichrist it has the greatest church on the face of the earth in the negative amen and so he 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 said you know how paul said you know how i walked in this religion now notice this um how that beyond measure i persecuted the church of god and wasted it so what does religion do it tries to tear down what god has and so paul paul said uh, you know, as far as being a Pharisee, he said, I was a Pharisee of all Pharisees. And he said, I knew the word, the law. I, I could quote it, bum, 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 bum. And he said, I lived by it. But he said, all of a sudden, we're going to find out, something happened in my life. I was changed. See, you can have the same testimony this morning because you could share with me how God changed you, amen? Now hold that thought about, uh, about persecuting the church. Verse 14. And profited in the Jews religion above many of my equals in my own nation. Being more exceedingly zealous of the tradition of my fathers. But notice this. Verse 15. But when it pleased God who separated, separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace. Aren't you glad you've been separated? You've been separated, in other words, from the lineage of the world. See, because uh, you and I, we being born of sin through the sense of Adam, all have sinned. And, and so God has separated us from that bloodline. You're not of that bloodline anymore. You're of the bloodline of Jesus Christ. You are of the royal bloodline. Come on, the king of kings, amen? Now, notice this. Uh, verse 16. Now he, he separates you and he calls you for what reason? To reveal his Son in me, in you, in the church, that we, that I might preach him among the heathen. Immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. See, flesh and blood doesn't understand what you know in the Spirit. Flesh and blood is enmity against God. So, God said, when, when, when I pulled you out, when I brought this separation, I changed you and I gave you a destiny. And that destiny is for you to reveal Jesus Christ. This word reveal, it's the same Greek word that talks about the revelation of Jesus Christ. that names the great book. You have the ability to do what that book does. Reveal. The, the word means take the cover off. See, the devil, he, he wants to put a cover. He, he wants to blanket all truth. He wants to blanket all light. He wants to, 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 to blanket everything because, see, he loves darkness. He has to because he is darkness. And, and so he wants to cover up all light. But, but you have the, the ability because you see the change that he's trying to do in the world. But you've been changed by God to do what? To reveal Jesus Christ. I am the light of the world. Come on, that, that's who you are. And, and so because, just like the Apostle Paul, because this, this salvation has took place in your life, you're in the, uh, in, in the prominent place to be able to bring change. Now notice what he says. I want to jump back up and, and, and read this verse 15 again. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. So I want you to know that if you got saved by grace because he knocked on your heart's door, he called you by name, he is uh, the the shepherd, you're the sheep of his sheepfold, he called you by name and he done that by grace, then you're going to be able to live every day by grace. Because see, the way God starts something is the way, he's not like the enemy. The way he starts something is the way he finishes it. So you start out by grace, you're going to finish by grace. Come on, the, the, the grace of God reveals the love of God. And the love of God is God and it never fails, right? Hallelujah. All right, so this morning I want you to see that there is great opportunity for you to, to, to reveal Jesus Christ. I, 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 when you get up in the first thing in the morning that to be the influencer that God wants you to be in 2021, I want you to say, thank God I'm going to reveal Jesus. Every morning. And you say, well, I'm not going to see anybody that day. They're going to see me. That's from the Holy Ghost. He's going to make sure you're going to be. Jack, you may be working on the chicken house. There may be somebody up on the mountain. Looking through binoculars. Looking through a scope, whatever. And they see the love of God. They see the power of Jesus Christ. We don't know. See, God does things. You realize that people don't have to see with their physical eyes. God can take them where they need to see you by a vision, by an open heart, whatever it might be, to reveal Jesus Christ to them. Amen? All right, let's talk about this conversation just a little bit more. Go with me to First uh, to Peter. Look what Peter said. In First Peter chapter 1, you know these verses very well, but look at, uh, start verses 18. 1 Peter 1.18 For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation, there's the word, from your vain conduct, your vain behavior, your manner of life, uh, received by the tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. So, vain, anything that was empty in your life, Anything that was worthless, anything that wasn't inter- eternal, God has redeemed you. He's bought you back from that. And so that conversation, that way of, uh, of conduct of life, when it tries to come back on you. Now listen to me, by the Spirit of God. The devil tries to bring the past back to you. He tries to bring discouragement, hopelessness. He tries to make you remember when things seem to be better or they seem to be more exciting. Let me tell you, the older you get, you—I miss exciting things in the natural. And you, you know, there, there's something about the, the the excitement of youth and all of those things. Uh, but but you've been redeemed from all of those things that would try to take you back to Egypt, try to take you back from bond, to bondage. Don't go back. You don't have to go back in any way of thinking, in any way of talking. And today we're talking about in any way of living your life. So when the devil tries to take you back and go, remember how the Holy Ghost is talking to somebody this morning. This is when things were so good. You're saying, no, you don't, devil. I'm not going back there. I'm redeemed from that. That might have been good. And thank God uh, for those times. But God has something better for me. God always is a God of improvement. Not that He changes, but He changes me. And thank God I confess I need to be changed, amen? And I desire to be changed, and I'm going to let Him change me, amen? That's what He has for us. All right. so I I want you to put this into application. It is no good if we just read the verse and say, oh, that's good. We've got to get up every morning, and when the devil tries to put you back in that box, you say, nuh-uh. See, nothing can pass the blood of Jesus. Not one thing. I'm talking about how to get delivered from those things that hurt you and hinder you. When the devil comes knocking on your door, you show him the blood that's on the doorpost. Amen? He can't pass it. Now, sometimes us talking, just me and you, nobody else is listening, I hope. I've opened the door. But if I don't open the door, he can't pass the blood. Come on now. And we've got to help people. We've got to give them hope and tell them they don't know how they can get out from under it. Remember? Come on, when the monkey of sin was on our back so strong, we didn't know how we could get out from under it. But when Jesus showed us, that's the answer. And we've got to influence people and give them an answer of deliverance of victory. Come on now. Every empty, every vain uh, conversation, every act of life in the in the flesh, we've been redeemed from it. Okay, go to chapter 2, Brother jo- uh Uh, Brother Ryan, Uh, 1 Peter 2 and 12. Let's read it and then we'll jump back up to verse 11. But I want to read 12 first. Notice this. Having your conversation. Come on, say he's talking to me. Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles. Gentiles, every time you see that, it just means somebody uh, who doesn't have a relationship with God. We could put it that way where we could understand it this morning. Uh, Having your conversation honest uh, among the Gentiles or the ethnos, uh, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Because you've been redeemed from uh, that vain conversation By the blood of the Lamb. Here you have the the opportunity. You have the responsibility. And you have the expectation. That people are going to see your life. Why did Timothy. Why did he follow Paul? Because he saw something that was real in him. Come on there's something real in you. It's more real than the clothes you're wearing. It's more real than the chair you're sitting in. And His name is Jesus. Amen? He is real. And He's in this room right now because you brought Him here. I brought Him here. Now notice, jump back up to verse 11. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. Come on, this ain't our home. Say, this ain't my home. This is going to burn up. Everything that you and I see is going to burn up. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain. Hold yourself away from fleshly lust, which war against the soul, against the mind. So, I've got to see that that my behavior, my conduct, my manner of life, my conversation, it has an impact on people. But I've got to see there's going to be a battle in my mind. Now, uh, let me tell you, as you go through changes in life and... Uh, your relationships change, your understanding changes. There, There, there is a battle in your mind uh, of what's normal, what's not, what's right, what's wrong, all of these things. And so you've got to be able to apply the Word of God to be able to stand in the place of victory. But this is your source of victory, amen, and when you do what God says. So you, you got to, when, the, when the, the battle comes against your mind, you're going to, wait a minute, no devil, no you don't. That that, there's a war there in my soul. There's a war in my mind, will and emotions. But I've been redeemed from that. And it's not going to work. Because the devil wants to keep me from being an influence. But you have to recognize. I have to recognize that we are what God says we are. Amen. Positive or negative. Amen. All right. Go to chapter 3. Look at verse number 1. Ladies, I want to amen now when we read this. First Peter three and one. Likewise, you wives be in subjection to your own husbands, that if uh, any obey not the word, that they may also, without the word, without the word, be won by the conversation, the conduct of the wives. What, ladies, your power? You have more power than you understand. I. Uh, I, 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 there's been times when I would have completely fell away if it hadn't been for Donna. God used her. Amen? God uses the wife. See, the Bible says that Eve was, the, when, when God called Eve Adam's uh, helpmeet, that's not a derogatory thing. That's a great thing. The word is the same word that is akin to describing even God himself. The Bible says that the wife is to surround the husband's mind. There's been so many times when my mind has been going nuts and God had a word through Donna. Okay. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. So, in other words, I want you to see that you have an impact. Verse 2. While they behold, this is what we're to look at. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, see you have the ability, ladies, to uh, in, in, in your in your purity by the by the blood of Jesus Christ, in your in your uh, decision making, in your in your computation, your reasoning, to be able to bring the fear of the Lord, the reverence of God, into the the, the man in your life. That's powerful. And you say, well, I'm not seeing that. Then you need to start praying. When you see something in the word and it's not for you, that doesn't mean that God's a liar. It means that you need to receive it. I need to receive it. We need to pray it. Amen. And so let's understand how we can do that. All right. I just wanted to put that in there. Now let's jump back and we're going to come full circle. Go back to to chapter two, just a moment. And then let's reread verse 12. Having your conversation honest. Among the Gentiles that whereas they speak against you as evildoers that they may by your good works which they shall behold glorify God in the day of your visitation. Now let's go with our other life verse for this year. Matthew chapter 5. Hold on to that seeing the good works. And you you could quote Matthew chapter 5. But let's turn there and, and let's read it because out of the mouth of Jesus he says who you are. Starting in verse uh, for, let's just start with verse 14. We covered the salt last week. But verse 14. Matthew 5, 14. Ye are, present tense, the light of the world. Now notice that. Hold that in your heart. Now drop down to verse 16. What does the light do? Let's tie that in with First Peter. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now think about that. The Bible tells us that when you and I look at the firmament and we look at the stars and and, and all of the universe. That it is singing a perfect praise of harmony of God. And it brings God glory. And as wonderful and nice as that is, this is what God's looking for. He wants you to bring him glory. So. It's beautiful. There's nothing, I love to see a a, a sunrise or a sunset, don't you? And, and especially that sunset like we've been having where, where it looks purple. I mean, it's just, it's just it's beautiful, it's just gorgeous. And when you see that, you think about the creative power of God. You think about the creative power of God. When people look at your life made anew, they see the creative power of God. You're more important, more powerful than any sunset. Because you're designed, you're destined to bring God glory. Amen. Hallelujah. I want you to know that your influence, you're going to have greater opportunities, and you're going to have a greater spirit to reach more and more. I want to close with this thought. There's a missionary in the 1800s. He went to the islands in the South Pacific. I can't pronounce the name, but anyway, he went there, him and his wife and his two small babies to preach the gospel. And on the way there, they met another ship, a messenger ship. The ship told them, said, hey, our partnership, our sister ship that was with us, they stopped on this island. They didn't know where he was going. See, the devil loves to bring bad news to try to stop you ahead of time said our sister ship stopped on this certain island and said they got off and said they 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 were doing some exploring on this island and all of a sudden they got took over by cannibals and every one of them were killed and ate i don't know about you i got my wife i got my two babies Come on, the devil loves to bring discouragement. But no, he didn't stop because he knew that he was created for God's glory. He knew he had a call and a destiny on his life. So he went to this this chain of islands there in the South Pacific. And he was there for 24 years. And for 24 years, he preached the gospel. He learned their language. He took the the Bible and he translated it into their language in, in twenty four years, he planted twenty five churches on this island chain, and the day the Lord called him and said it's time for you to go home come on there's a time for us to go home it 's getting closer and it 's getting closer, but it 's not yet we 've got to be busy about our master 's business right now. Amen, Occupy till he comes. but he said, "I want you to come home and so if you went to that chain of islands today, you could go to the head island. And there's a plaque there, and it has John Getty's name on it, and it has this very writing. It says, this man, come preaching Jesus, and there was not one Christian. When he left in 1872, there was not one heathen. See, the devil tries to convince us that people cannot be saved. They don't want to be saved. Yes, they can. As we know it. Amen. Influence. You are an influencer. Amen. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this group of people. I thank you that you have placed us together. And you have gave them a hunger and a desire to serve you. Father, that you have gave to them salvation, peace. You gave to them a new life. And Lord, out of that new life, they give back to you. They give of their time. They give of their resources, their finances. They give of their love. They give back because they want to influence others the way that you have so powerfully in your love influenced them. Father, I ask, Lord, that you just bind us together with the cords of love, with unity, and give us the same vision. The vision that comes not from man, but from you, Lord. Show us what you'd have us to do and how you'd have us to do it. Lord, I believe that you're going to open up places of business for us to be able to receive goods to meet needs of people's lives. Lord, let us get a vision of that. Lord, I believe that you're going to make opportunity and time in our lives to be able to meet needs that will get people's hearts in the place and the position Ready to meet a Savior, to meet meet a King, a Lord, a Healer, a Deliverer, a Victor. All in all, of who you are. Father, this morning, let every person let them cast every cure on you. Let them just see that their light is of you. It's from you, and it's to glorify you. And if there's anything that's hurting and hindering them, it hurts and hinders you. And you're here this morning. To take care of that. Or we ask these things, Father, in the name of Jesus. We ask, let it be. Let it be. Would you make yourself an altar this morning? You know, at your chair, come to the front, whatever you feel comfortable doing. And say, Lord, I hear these words this morning. I recognize and realize that I am an example. See, you've got to say it out of your own mouth, what God says about you, for you to have what God says. See, the mouth... Bel- the Bible says that you believe in the heart and confess with the mouth and salvation comes. You'll- you would have never been saved if you hadn't confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But the moment you've done that, it happened. And so it's so important that you confess what God says about you. So you tell the world, you let the devil know, I am an example. And I'm an example first in word, but number two in conversation, in behavior, in my manner of life. I am an example. And I'm going to touch people and let God be glorified in it. But God's concerned about you this morning. If there's something that you need help with to be able to bring Him glory, He's the God that wants to help. So let's take everything to Him. I want you to be so free, so light. No weariness, no worries whatsoever. Because you're not in the world, you're in Jesus.